What's up, guys? I got back into the sales game yesterday, did an estimate, had to relay the results to you guys, uh, kind of give you some pointers and tips of how I maneuvered throughout the home, got the sale, $13,000 job. Uh, I think you're going to get something out of this. And I wanted to jump on this immediately so I didn't forget some of the minor details. Uh, but anyway, awesome uh, experience getting, getting in the sales game again. Those of you who know, uh, I am not fully in the sales role anymore. I am working mostly from home, so it's good to uh, refine some of my skills. And uh, yeah, it was a great day, and I wanted to share that uh, sales experience with you. The big question you need to ask yourself every day is, do I own a job or do I own a business? And unfortunately, the majority of contractors out there own a job. That's right, they're a slave to their own business. But the other side of the fence is so much greener, it's so much better, and that's when you're finally fully in control of your destiny, your freedom, your time. And that's what Contractor Secrets is about. It's about taking back our time, building a business with systems, standards, values, procedures, putting yourself in the driver's seat. And that's what it's about. So I'm excited. I'm happy to have you here. Let's dive into the Contractor Secrets podcast. What's up, guys? Welcome back. Today, I want to just briefly cover uh, the sale I went on yesterday because it was a really good experience. Um, and it was obviously, you know, those of you who know, I'm not in the estimates anymore. But Chris called out. So I was like, let me go tackle this estimate instead of rescheduling because they just moved in and I know they wanted to get it done. So I went to the estimate and it was great because it allowed me to refine some of my skills and just kind of also. Uh, you know, get a little refresher session in. It's been a while. So I go to the estimate and, uh, you know, first thing I could tell right off the bat was they were a little overwhelmed with all the work they felt needed to be done in the house. You know, one thing that was important to me was over the course of my interaction with them is just emphasizing how quickly I can get in there. You know, I tell you guys this all the time, you know, there's this always going to be a why behind what they're doing. And what's cool is, is that there's only a certain amount of them in our industry, right? So people who are moving in, moving out, um, getting ready to sell their house, uh, people that have an HOA that's getting on their getting on their nerves, or there's wear and tear that's starting to cause more problems. I mean, if you took the time to actually outline the reasons behind why your customers buy, then you can create solutions for those reasons and when they come up you can essentially seem like an expert simply by offering the solution that's most fitting for the why so for example knowing that this person is going to be moving in or is moved in and wants to get settled in i know that speed is of, of much importance to this to this specific customer so throughout the duration of the sale i'm thinking any chance i have to emphasize how quickly we can start is going to put me ahead of the competition, okay? Especially in this economy where almost everyone is busy. But we can be, you know, that lighthouse to them that's like, oh, wait a minute, that company can get us in a lot faster, okay? And that's my job as a, you know, business owner and being really good at scheduling to make this happen to where it makes sense. We're booked out six to eight weeks, but I'm going to make it happen to where I can get them done within three to four simply by just maneuvering my schedule around, knowing that this customer will pay more for convenience, efficiency. They want to get settled in. This is leverage. Okay. So when I go in there, one of the first things that they do, they have two dogs jumping at me, um, you know, and it's it's loud. It's crazy. You know, I'm not knocking up from knocking on the door. And I'm like, all right, you know, you know, they got the dogs, they brought them into the bedroom 
and I follow them in there and immediately they're like, all right, so, you know, we want to do this and want to do this. And then, you know, they're, they're kind of just coming at me. I'm, I'm getting fire hosed here. So I have to neutralize the situation. I don't know if you guys have been through this, just where people are excited. And I want to make sure that I can clearly identify what they want and what I need to offer an upsell in those situations. That's just my nature. And what I do is I neutralize the situation. I kind of let them get out what they're telling me. And then I say, all right, well, let me just, um, if you don't mind, explain what my processes are and what we offer. Is that okay? And then you can see like the sigh of relief. And, and the reason why is because naturally people want to feel as though they are in charge of the situation in their home, not for any other reason other than it's their home. And they, they kind of feel it's, if you're not going to host them and take control of the situation, then they're going to host you. It's their home. But I have to make the transition from that moment and make that transition from their home to my job site. And if we make that transition, then I become in charge of the experience and I let them know what we do and how we do it. And I think that's a missing ingredient for a lot of you guys who are trying to learn sales in this industry is because, you know, what you're doing is you're taking orders. Essentially, you're following the customer around and just taking a bunch of notes. And although that's okay, that's not what they really want, but they're doing it because they don't feel as though there's any other any other option. You're just following around going, yep, okay, yep, we could do that. And then they're asking all the questions. And I mean, that's not an experience. People do not pay more for that. Okay. They are doing all the work. Why would they pay more for that? You pretty much let them, you know, guide the whole ship. You might as well let them do the work. All right. So for me, it's like everything that I do in my business, I want to create an experience. Guys, I, I created drip jobs, although yes, it's great for the contractor. I created that because I wanted to give my customers the best possible experience. When they get a follow-up message every single step of the way, it makes them feel as though they could trust us. They can they, 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 it makes us look better than anyone else that they're getting an estimate from in that area of the business of communication. So when it comes time for us to come and do the estimate, I want to look better than the competition by actually creating an experience. And how do I do that? I got to get the ball in my court. I have to neutralize the situation. I got to take over what's going on. So I, I will give you an example. I mean, some of you know this doing estimates, they come in and they say, all right, well, we want this done. We want this done. And Hey, you know, and they're just all over the place. So again, Hey, well, let's start here. Do you guys mind if I share with you what we do and how we do it? Yes, absolutely, Tanner. That sounds great. And I could see like a sigh of relief. It happens every time. And I say, all right, just so you know, we do ceilings, walls, trim, and doors. Have you thought about which of those that you were wanting done? I let them tell me, even though I knew the whole house needed to be done, top to bottom, everything in that house needs to be painted. But I wanted to hear what they thought about it because they're the ones buying it. So they started off by telling me they just wanted the ceiling and the walls done. The ceiling was like yellow, so it definitely needed to be done. And the walls needed to be done, okay? And I'm thinking, well, what about all this trim? The whole house had crown molding. It had molding around the windows. It had, obviously, baseboards and door frames. In my head, I'm thinking, I mean, I got to sell them the trim. They're, this house is not going to look good without it. So right then and there, instead of advocating and focusing on that we can do the ceiling and the walls, because I asked them, now I could just focus on talking about the trim. <laughs> so I said, well, have you thought about painting the trim? And they said, well, you know, um, not really. I mean, it's white. I said, hey, come here, look at this. And I pull them over to an area of the trim where you could just see the caulking is just split. It doesn't look good. And I told him to put his hand on the door frame. And I said, do you feel how it's kind of gritty there? He said, yeah. I said, that's because it's never been really painted. It's actually just primed. 
it never it doesn't have a finished coat of really nice paint on there and he's like oh really i said yeah i said you know you want to put a nice semi-gloss on there it's durable it looks great and one cool thing about us is that we can pretty much bubble any room put down flooring paper and plastic and we can spray it and it's going to look amazing and I could tell he was excited about it. I said, would you like me to add that as a line item? And he, and he said, yes. And I said, all right, well, that's also going to be uh, advisable in my eyes to do the doors too, which is a separate process. They said, really? I said, yes. So how we do the doors is we take all the hinges off. We take the handles off. We bring them into your garage. We sand them down. And then we spray them. And when I said that, they looked at each other like, wow, like that sounds good. you know." And I said, yeah. So... I don't assume people know how we paint doors. So again, the more that I can describe to them what they're going to experience, the more comfortable they are with purchasing that service because they know exactly what they're getting. And my goal is to always exceed that of which they believe that they're getting. And it's going to look amazing. And by default, we do that because they actually look, they can look at it and feel it when it's done. So from there, it was great because I knew, I now have aligned them to ceilings, walls, trim, doors, Okay. Now I'm paying attention to what's most important to them. So I always say, well, is there anything that you want to point out to me that's been bothering you? And, you know, that maybe like a, a, a default or, or excuse me, a defect in the walls or the ceiling that needs to be repaired or replaced. And he brought me over to this area in the master bedroom, literally like four cracks on the ceiling. And he's like, yeah, I mean, I don't know how we're going to get this fixed and, and so on and so forth. And he's like, I was like, well, don't worry, you know, we can actually take care of that for you. And what we're going to do is, and I explained the process of how we're going to repair the cracks and make it look good. And, you know, just again, even though that would have been something that we would have just taken care of, I allowed him to tell me what was bothering him the most. So now I can emphasize how we're going to take care of that for him. Another check mark on his trust meter of oh, nice, my thing that I'm going to that I look at every night when I go to sleep is going to be taken care of, you know, and I could tell it was really bothering him. So he started walking around the house with me at that point in time, as we kind of combed through some of the areas of the house and I could just start seeing him really now focusing on the details of how, you know, the walls have, you know, little knots in them and, uh, you know, how, different things that need to be repaired. You know, this house was in pretty rough shape. It's a nice house, almost, you know, 2,800 square feet, you know, in a nice neighborhood. It just, you know, it just had wear and tear and the homeowner was a DIYer. So, I mean, let's not get started there anyway. So I could tell he was just now starting now to the new, like, Hey, you know, these guys are for real, you know, uh, now he's like looking at trim. He's like, Hey, are you guys going to like do something with that baseboard? And I said, um, well, I mean, you know, the thing about it is, is that you got three inch pretty much builder grade baseboard here. The drips that you're seeing there are behind two or three layers of paint. For you to have me and my team restore this is, in my opinion, it's not worth it. I think it's better for you to just get brand new baseboards. And what they told me was initially they were like, well, no, you know, no. I mean, you know, the budget's probably not going to fit. And I'm like, well, listen, I, I can tell already that this is going to be important to you. I mean, most of this baseboard has little drips of paint on there. You know, you're, you're planning on living here for a while. Yes. They said, yeah. I said, again, having us to, to pay us to restore this by really stripping down this baseboard and repainting it for you. It's just, again, I don't believe it's the most efficient use of your dollar. It would be wise to get new baseboards. Listen, before you answer, how about this? Let me run to the car real quick and let me grab you a sample. And from there, I already knew it was going to be a sale because again, just seeing what's important to this guy and what he wants 
having the sample in my car ready to rock, I knew that it was going to be a lock. So I brought it out to him. I said, Hey, listen, take a look at this. Take a look at this. And I put it down on the floor and I said, check out this. First of all, this is a five and a quarter baseboard. It's going to look great off the bat, but you know, first of all, this is a brand new piece of wood. There's no drips, there's no deviations, and it's going to elevate the look and feel of your house. After this job, if you put baseboards down, this is going to be what you are most satisfied with is how great these baseboards look. Would you like me to give you a quote for it? And he looked at his wife, they looked at each other and they said, you know what? Yeah, throw it in, you know? So what I'm doing at that point is I'm suggestive upselling. Okay. Essentially I'm painting a picture of an emotion guys. Remember in sales, people are buying a product, but they're really motivated toward the emotion behind the product, how they're going to feel. And this is how we buy things. Anything that you've bought has an emotion tied to it. If you go out to eat today, you're not really, I mean, although yes, it's exciting to you to, to consume food, but you're really after the feeling that it's going to give you, whether that's satisfaction of not being hungry or just the taste that you remember of something that you're going to be, you know, going after that you've had before that you remember and you want to experience that taste again. Again, it's about the emotions behind what we're buying. And when you understand that concept, selling really becomes easy because you have to understand that in our industry, emotions are really on really high, right? It's about where they live. It's about the feeling that they get they get once they're done the projects and feeling settled and feeling accomplished and feeling, you know, clean and feeling new and fresh. And like we have that ability in our industry in any capacity, whether you're a fence installer or a painting contractor. Um, or a flooring contractor. I mean, creating newness in someone's fixed environment is a. Uh, it, it, first of all, it's it's a it's a it's a supreme uh, blessing to be able to do that. But it's just really cool. It's like an intimate thing. You know, you're in their home doing doing something for them. So knowing knowing that ahead of time, when I sell, I'm really trying to pitch the emotion that they're going to get. And I tell people this a lot too. You know, when you sell cars. You can throw someone in the car and do a test drive and have them feel the emotion, turn their music up, you know, plug their phone in or connect it to the Bluetooth. And, you know, you have that leverage in, in, a, in a business where you're selling that tangible product in a service based environment. You've got to be a great storyteller. You've got to be a great advocator for what the experience is going to look like. And you might say, well, I'm not a good storyteller. Well, that's OK. Just reference the emotions and the feelings that you get from other customers. You could say, oh, I had a customer that uh, you know, got brand new baseboards and they told me that it was their favorite part of the job. So even though you might not be able to do a great job of displaying a story in the sense of like, you know, Hey, I know for a fact that you're going to feel that this is the best part of the job reference another customer's experience. And it does the same trick. So, you know, for me, it's like, I understand this concept. People are just moving in. They want the job done fast. So I'm emphasizing how quickly we can get in. I know that's important to them. And if you take the time to identify the different things that are important to your customers, and then you take time to also identify the solutions that you as a business owner can offer in those specific cases, you're going to come across as an expert every single time. And what's great is that there's only a few different reasons why people get their houses painted, why people get flooring done, why people get granite done, why people get roofing done. And if you're a great salesperson, you should be aligning solutions to those things again. So when they come up, you're ready to rock. And I know the solutions ahead of time. So at this point, sometimes I don't even have to ask. They tell me and I know that, hey, you're moving in 
cool. I know what's most important to you. You want to get settled in. You want to feel at home. Okay, great. I know that there's a time frame involved here. If I tell you I'm six months out, I have a 0% chance of getting the job. I know that for a fact. So I also know that if I tell you that I'm three weeks out, you're going to be very excited because in this market, many companies are a lot further out as we are. But I also understand this customer is going to pay more. Margins are going to be higher. I'm going to manipulate my schedule to maximize my weeks. And I'm going to look at my schedule and I will find a slot to put this person in. I will do it because I understand the customers that I serve. I know people are a little more lenient and I can get this job. I can get this job in for sure. So I come across with that confidence of, Hey, we're going to be in here. And I know for a fact we can get here within three to four weeks off the bat. So they're already writing off the idea that I can't get there and they're going to have to wait. It excites them. So then it becomes time to identify what they're going to feel once we're done. So first of all, let me explain to you now that I've explained to you what we do, let me explain to you how I do it. And first of all, I want you to know that there's, there's something about us that's a little bit different than some of the other companies that you might come across. We always work in teams of four and five. It's our company standard. We don't deviate from that. And why is that important to you? Because you just pointed out to me that there's a bunch of cracks around the house. And I know for a fact that that's important to you. I can tell. And one cool thing about having so many people on the job is that I can just have one person throughout almost the whole day, just going around and filling all your cracks. And the team doesn't feel compromised in terms of our timeline. In other words, we will not cut corners just to finish the job in an appropriate time frame, but also because we have so many people working together, we can still meet the deadline of what I believe to be five working days in your home. Okay. And however you word it or however you do it, I'm identifying again, what's most important to the person I'm speaking to. What is their motivation? Then I focus my entire sales process around those two things. Then I look at what I can add on to create a better experience and to improve our bottom, our bottom line. He was concerned about drips on the baseboard. Does it make sense for him to have us restore builder grade three inch colonial baseboard? No, it doesn't. It's a waste of money. I know that for a fact. So I can come across to this customer with truth and certainty. And that's a huge selling tool is truth and certainty. You can't waver from it. You look at someone who's coming to you with truth and certainty and integrity, you're by default going to want to adapt that way of thinking, knowing that they're genuine. And in any case, whenever I'm upselling things, I'm really doing it from my heart. I'm like, listen, this is not a good idea. Whatever you're thinking that we can do and where your money is going to go in this specific case, not a good move. Okay. Although yes, you can pay me to come here and sand down these, these baseboards, or I can give you a better experience with a better product and ultimately have you feeling at the end of the job that this is the, this is your favorite part of what you invested in is these brand new baseboards. Let me show you. So having that tangible baseboard in hand gave me some leverage there. How much different would it have been if I said, you know, five and a quarter baseboards, might look really good here. Yeah, they might. Okay, well, would you like me to uh, throw in a quote for that? <laughs> no, having the baseboard in my hand and putting it on the floor so they can look at it and say, you know what, that would look good. Okay, so in some cases when we sell certain things, and I tell my flooring contractors this, you should always have full-length flooring samples in your car. Now, house painting is a little bit different. Um, you can get creative with that 
you know, in terms of what you bring. You And of course, with my baseboard, I have pro classic semi-gloss trim on it, paint on it. So I'll say, by the way, this is what your trim's going to feel like. And I have them scratch it. You can see how thick and nice it looks. Um, so again, there's some tangibility there. Um, and I always try to upsell baseboards. You know, I love that. It's the, one of the best upsells. So if you have a carpenter that can do it and you're in the painting business, you know, really look into that. It's a great upsell. Always looks great. Margins are great on it. Um, and people seem to be really happy. I would, you know, and a lot of houses don't have five inch baseboards. It's a newer thing. So, um, but yeah, so, you know, it was just really exciting to, to be in there. Um, so anyway, I gave him the quote uh, a couple hours later, I sent it and, uh, you know, I really wanted the job. It was like one of our ideal jobs. So I said, you know what? I know that he wanted to get a couple more estimates. So I called him right before I sent it. And I only do this for jobs that I really, really want. I know I had a margin on it. I think I was at like 58%. And um, I was like, you know what? Hey, man, uh, send over your quote. Just wanted to let you know, if you pull the trigger today, I'll take 5% off, you know, just as a thank you for, uh, you know, moving forward with us. And, uh, you know, he was he was like, really? You know, I said, yeah. I said, uh, you know, so just let me know. You can, you know, obviously click the button inside the email, sign and accept, put down a deposit. And, uh, you know, within 10 minutes, he called me back and said, all right, let's do it. And, and that and that 5% is good today, right? You know, so he was really excited about that 5%. And, uh, you know, whatever, it's 5%, you know, so what does that, you know, what, what does that mean in the grand scheme of things? I locked in a great job. It's, it's a five-day job. I can keep my trim team busy, keep the painting team busy. And looking at the margins, we're still at a healthy margin. And, uh, that 5%, you know, stop me from having to follow up or have him get more opinions and maybe second guess me. And remember the emotions are the highest on the day of the estimate. That's why, you know, with jobs that you really want, highly recommend you get that estimate out ASAP, follow up immediately or before with a phone call. I love calling before I send the quote, um, to prepare them. Right. So if you're doing quotes from home, like I am, I always call beforehand. And I always say, hey, just letting you know, uh, you know, even if I have all the information, I know what they want. I'll say, hey, you know, because a lot you guys remember, like Chris goes out and does these estimates. He takes pictures, sends them to me. And I do set, I do price them from the office using drip jobs, you know, so I do like to call before I send it. And I'll say, hey, you know, just introduce myself. My name's Tanner. How did Chris do? OK, great. I'm looking at the photos here. Uh, hey, is this your scope? Yes. You know, so I've created my own way to build value just from a distance. Um, and doing that in person is even better because you are the person they're meeting, you know, obviously, you know, someone, you know, when I used to, it would be me in person and then I would love, I'd love pricing it right there. So if you can do that, you're going to have even, even greater chance of selling the jobs. So anyway, just want to share with you guys, uh, my experience on that. Some of the things that, uh, I did, you know, uh, if I could wrap this episode up in a quick summary, it would be number one, create a menu of what you do and neutralize the the conversation in the beginning take control of the experience you shouldn't be following around a homeowner with notes in your hand okay you should be the one the homeowner is gloating as you're explaining what your process is as you walk around their house um that's number one number two everyone has a why behind what they do okay you got to understand the why is the emotion of what it is not the product the people aren't excited about the fact that I'm painting their trim. They're excited about what it's going to look like and how it's going to make them feel when they walk by it. Okay. So we have to understand that this is an emotional game we're in. Okay. How do you sell an emotional product? Well, you do it with 
portraying and helping them almost feel what that emotion will feel like. So for example, when you run your hand on this, it's going to feel slippery and you're going to be able to scratch it with your finger. Here, check it out, right? That is the emotion behind it. And it's going to be shiny. It's going to glow, especially the way the light hits this trim in this room. It's going to look amazing. Okay. And then the third thing is, is everyone has that little thing that's important to them. Find out what that is and then spend some time focusing on it. For this experience, this guy right here was the, uh, the cracks. He had cracks in his ceiling. So I just spent some time talking to him about it and focusing on it. Okay. Now, maybe you're doing some of this stuff. Maybe you're doing it by default, but that means that you could just refine what you do ask more deliberate questions, provide deliberate solutions. If you're offering a tangible product, bring a sample, have nice samples ready to rock. You cabinet refinishers out there. If you're in the, in the cabinet refinishing game and you do not have samples, you are underselling your services. If you are not bringing a door to every estimate for people to feel and see, you are missing out. So please, if you if you do cabinets, that should be your next move today is getting some samples together and bringing them into the house. Don't bring them right away. Bring them in after you uh, do your initial spiel. You don't want people looking at the door the whole time you're talking. So find out what they want, get a feel for it, talk to them, build your value, and then say, hey, would you like to feel and see a door? <laughs> Duh. And then go out and be right back. Let me go get one for you, right? So that's uh, that's how you do that. So anyway, it was a... It was a great time yesterday, and I uh, just want to thank you guys for listening to this. I hope it was of value. I hope you got something out of it. If you did, I'd love to hear from you, so please reach out to me on Instagram. That's probably the easiest way to get a hold of me, at Contractor Coach. I uh, also want to thank all of you who have signed up for Drip Jobs. We just crossed over 150 companies. I don't even know how that even happened. I think it's awesome. I'm super grateful, um, and uh, it's humbling because... You know, this was just once an idea uh, that turned into a real thing that people use every single day to communicate with their business, their customers and to run their business. There's a lot of pressure surrounding it, knowing how serious that is. And I take it so serious. Uh, but I just want to say thank you. I know there's a lot of you who listen to this that use it. Um, our goal this year, just for some accountability, is 450. So maybe at the end of this year, uh, I will be able to relay that we we achieved and if not exceeded our goal. So super cool of you guys. And I also love the feedback. You guys are really good about giving me feedback, constructive criticism about how to make it better. Um, and that's super well received because, uh, you know, if, if you're going to do something, I want it to be the best. So thanks again, guys. Have a great day. Keep crushing it. And one more thing, if you want to join me on a business breakthrough, would love to have you. I think there's a link in the bio here in the description. So, uh, and if you don't know, it's a free session. You hear them all the time on this podcast. It's free. I don't ask for anything up front. I don't take anything afterwards. I don't do a sales pitch afterwards. There's none of that crap. It's just straight up, you know, let me help you in a way or give you perspective about your business. So if you feel as though that would be of any valuable, any value, any value to you, uh, that's absolutely my favorite thing to do. Um, or those sessions, my way of giving back uh, to the industry I love. Uh, so please reach out. You can just book a time using uh, one of the uh, links in the description below. Thanks again, guys. Take care. Drip Jobs CRM is finally here. That's right. So Drip Jobs is an automation platform for contractors, home service professionals that's going to automatically follow up with your customers. It's going to allow you to send invoices, estimates. It's going to allow you to send out blast marketing emails, 
to individuals based on where they are in the buying process, this software is next level. And I'm reaching out to you. You're a listener of this podcast, and I want you to be one of the first ones to give it a shot. So if you want to see what Drip Jobs can do for your business, I'd love for you to head over to dripjobs.com, sign up for a free demo, and get your team involved, and let us sit with you and show you how powerful this software is. It's going to save you time. It's going to make you money, and you're going to love the features that are built into Drip Jobs. So if you want to check it out, head over to dripjobs.com, and we will give you first priority being a podcast listener uh, to be one of the very first to try out Drip Jobs in your home service business. I'm super excited to share that with you, and I'll catch you on the next episode.